Here's what's coming up on your horizon. In 10, 9, 8. Well, you may remember the start of this new century. It's now been 20 years since the beginning of the new millennium, and in that time there has been some dramatic changes in the business world. From technological innovation to changing industry demands, we have seen some jobs disappear, but others reappear in their place. Today our focus is on workforce skills training and the constant challenge of just keeping up. We start off at MetroTech's Aviation Careers Center, where we examine the power of partnerships between industry and education and how this one is really taking off. And Blaine and I tagged along with some educators who had an inside look at exactly how industry works. And with new jobs and ever-evolving business requirements, we'll look at how new curriculum is being developed with industry input. Stay with us for CareerTech Horizon. CareerTech Horizon is brought to you by the Oklahoma Department of Career and Technology Education. Visit us at poweredbyokcareertech.com to learn more. Hello everyone, I'm Rob McClendon. And I'm Blaine Singletary, and our focus today is on workforce skills training. And that is a tall task when you consider that not only are you preparing students for industry's immediate needs, but new roles and requirements that may not yet exist. In essence, the laboratories where these roles and skills are developed are right inside your local tech centers. But to make sure these roles and skills are just what the industry needs, a strong partnership between businesses and educators is needed. These growing partnerships manifest themselves in many ways. And a great example of one just happened at Metro Technology Center in Oklahoma City, where a major airline donated one of its passenger jets to enrich their aviation programs. And as you'll soon find out, this donation could in turn enrich the workforce that this airline and others like it will hire from. When McDonnell Douglas first launched their MD-80 passenger jets in the early 80s, they quickly became the workhorses of the airline industry. The MD-80 is now in service with airlines around the world. It is achieving an outstanding record as the leading twin jet of the 1980s and beyond. That's audio from a promotional video from that time, and they were right about the beyond part. These planes were in service for decades, and some are still in service today, but in September 2019, American Airlines made the decision to retire the last of its MD-80 fleet. And one of the last ones has made its final landing at Will Rogers Airport in Oklahoma City. But just because this one is retiring doesn't mean its role as a workhorse is over. We have the unveiling from our aircraft here. After landing, it taxied over to MetroTech's aviation campus, where it will become a classroom with wings, allowing students to practice hands-on with a real passenger jet. Chase Beasley handles government affairs at American Airlines. This is so important because at American Airlines, we understand the need to have a robust and full pipeline of adequately trained maintenance professionals 
And having something like this available at CareerTech is going to do just that. This, this donation of one of the best aircraft in the entire history of the American fleet, the McDonnell Douglas 80 or the Super 80, uh, is going to really make sure that we have that pipeline in place and that all of the people will be there when we need them to be there for the next 50 years for American Airlines here in our maintenance program. The deal was a long time in the making, so its official dedication brought together many from all over the community to welcome the aircraft, including State Senator Paul Rosino. This is a game changer. This is a game changer for the state. It's a game changer for our students. Uh, we talk about workforce development. We ask our industry partners to help. And uh, there's nothing better than a full operational airplane for kids to come out, uh, adults to come out and run flight controls, run landing gear, taxi airplanes, and see real live jumbo jets and be able to work on them and help with workforce development. It's important as we look at the aerospace industry in the state of Oklahoma and making sure that we have a qualified workforce. Career Tech State Director, Marcy Mack. Uh, we have a great opportunity in the Tulsa area with Tulsa Technology Center being able to provide some of the advanced training. Now this allows for us in the Oklahoma City region and also across the state to be able to provide that advanced training in maintenance, repair, and overhaul, uh, avionics, uh, and some of the components that we know our industry needs today and will continue to, to need as we move forward. Here's a fact that may fly over your head. Aerospace is a serious economic driver in the Sooner State. In the industry, Oklahoma is known as an MRO state. Brent Kisling, executive director of the Oklahoma Department of Commerce, explains. We are in the business of keeping airplanes in the air. Maintenance, repair, and overhaul is our deal. We've got the largest commercial uh, MRO in the world with American Airlines in Tulsa. You have the largest uh, military MRO in the world here with Tinker Air Force Base. And so that's our industry cluster. So it's a pretty easy sell right now in our state. This is going to make it even a much easier sell. And so aerospace programs like the one at MetroTech attract students from all walks of life. Before the event, we caught up with some of these students as they were working on one of the Cessnas that's parked inside their hangar. Cody Brown is a Marine Corps veteran. I joined straight out of high school, went and worked on helicopters. He was in Cobras, I worked and flew on them. Didn't really know much about aviation before that, but I was always kind of interested in planes and working on them and the physics of it. Uh, so once I got out, used my GI Bill, looked it up online here. In this aircraft maintenance program, they do it all. Painting, engine work, sheet metal, and so much more. Nathan Helm, a high school student, says this hands-on work helped him decide early on what he wanted to pursue for his career. You have to be confident with your hands-on ability, um, but you also have to be able to read a manual to interpret that work. I really do count myself blessed for um, being able to come here as a high school student free and getting ahead of um, really ahead in the game of the workforce, being certified as a high school student. A similar story for Coriana Burkhalter, who switched gears from veterinary school after she realized it just wasn't for her. My mom was in industry, so she was like, why don't you go do aviation at Metro Tech? I was like, well, I'm not really interested in planes. So I was like, well, I'll try it. I like it. It's just hands-on, it's like way better, like more hands-on than colleges, like the college experience I had it. I like the hands-on on it. And some students are already employed in the industry, but are looking to level up their skill sets. Joshua Astorga works at AAR, an airplane service and repair company just down the tarmac from Metro Tech's campus. Kind of want to change pace, you know, and then uh, 
loving it ever since I started working uh, at AR. Working over there and, you know, sitting here, it kind of, a lot of the experiences interchange. A lot of the stuff that we're required to learn here, I already learned at AR. I can help, you know, other students that they have, you know, questions. If there's a task I don't know what to do over there, I learned here. I feel like I'm at a second job when I'm here, which is what I prefer because um, that's, that's how I learn, by being hands-on, you know, you know, treating this like it's a, another job because, well, when you go out there in the real world, you, are, you already know, you have that experience. These students haven't quite gotten to work on the MD-80 just yet, but they've already given her a new nickname, Zelda. But whether it's a Cessna, a jumbo jet, a helicopter, or something else entirely, Cody Brown says he takes pride in what he does just by looking up. So I know a lot of people that actually want to do this. Like, they really want to, they just think it's so hard. Like, they think it's so hard to get into it, but it's awesome, like, being able to look up in the sky and be like, oh, hey, like, I, I can do that, like, I can make that fly. You had something to do with that. And you could say those skills are ones that will carry on throughout the 2020s and beyond. So yeah, more groovy music from that uh, very 80s promotion tape there, Rob. Hey, I think I remember some of that stuff. It is pretty groovy. Now, what also is groovy is just how many planes American Airlines donated for this particular cause. That's right, Rob. We should note that four of the eight MD-80s donated for educational use now call Oklahoma home. Tulsa Tech was the first to receive an aircraft, followed by the Air and Space Museum in Tulsa. OSU School of Engineering has a plane at the Stillwater Airport, and now the one at Metrotech's Aviation Careers Campus at the Will Rogers Airport. That brings American Airlines' donation to four aircraft in the state. And Blaine, I was there as the MD-80 made its final flight into Will Rogers, and there were several American Airlines aircraft mechanics and technicians there to make sure everything went well, really going above and beyond to make sure the transition to a hands-on classroom went smoothly. And speaking of going above and beyond... We have a link to a video at cthorizon.org that students in Metro Tech's digital cinema and web development class shot for Career Tech's American Airlines Appreciation Day, and it is a fine piece of work. And Blaine, I do want to give a personal shout-out to their instructor, Harry Woolahan, for helping us make everything look as good as it did. Still to come, we examine more of the power of partnerships. But first, summer school for teachers. Career Tech Horizon is brought to you by Career Tech. Keep striving. I've always wanted to help people and I've always been interested in the medical field. And one day I was like, I love medicine. I love learning about medicine and I thought what better way to start my future than when I can do it now as a senior here at Meridian. Career Tech has taught me so many hands-on skills such as compounding medications and learning how to write, read, and fill prescriptions. This career tech, it, it sets it up like a real-life situation and it gives you real-life scenarios. I have learned the basic skills that a pharmacy technician and pharmacist needs to know and I'm only 18 years old. Visit us at poweredbyokcareertech.com to learn more. Well, a typical teacher's contract in Oklahoma is 10 months, and it's remarkable what a little free time during the summer can do to clear one's head. 
But while educators may be away from the classroom as the temperatures rise each summer, it's no secret that education is still on most of their minds. And this past summer, Blaine and I were able to attend a three-day event for educators that gave them an up-close look at industry and its needs. It may be summer, but school's still in session for these teachers. The Oklahoma Education and Industry Partnerships connects educators with Oklahoma business. Leslie Osborne is Oklahoma's labor commissioner. Well, it's really key because workforce is the biggest demand we hear from businesses that are here and businesses that are thinking about moving in. And if we're not working as, as our education system to train the kids for the existing jobs and the ones to come, then we're doing them a disservice. Known as OEIP, the three-day event crisscrosses the state, giving educators a first-hand look at industry needs. Teresa Carnes teaches at Cashin High School. Oh, I love it because I want to know what all is out there for my kids because they have different interests and different needs, and I want to make sure that I can help guide them. Educators tour a wide range of industry sectors to better understand business demands. Jimmy Martin oversees career tech programs at more public schools. I've learned so much myself in the last two days of uh, the great need of um, career opportunities, applicants. Uh, I don't think I had any idea how many jobs were not, that are not being filled that they don't have applicants for. You know, you've heard about the, you know, the war on talent. It's hard to find people nowadays. Dave Husted is with MD Building Products and says a skilled workforce is vital. Our company is successful based on the talents and the abilities of our workforce, and workforce needs are growing across the country, um, it, particularly in the area of technology. And our business as a manufacturer is dependent upon current but emerging technologies. Helping educators understand the latest trends and technology. Dell City High School teacher, Michael LaPrairie. It's very important for us as educators to get out and circulate with industry people so that we can get a better idea of what's going on, trends, changes, career paths, and that we can relay that information to students and maybe give them an idea of what things they need to be looking for in the next 10 years, 15 years, 20 years and beyond, focusing on the future while establishing real-world connections today. The more I know, the more I can tell my kids about it and hopefully get them into it as well. Nikki Lujan is at Francis Tuttle Technology Center. I've actually contacted him about taking my kids on a camp later this month and hopefully getting to bring them back next year when school starts. Establishing relationships that help students and employers. Kim Race, Jim Anderson is Vice President of Engineering. And so we've been able to partnership with uh, some of the schools to be able to show them how important the, the school and the curriculum at the school is to be able to provide that head start coming into um, the manufacturing experience. If you are an educator or no one wanting to build better relationships with industry, applications to take part in this year's OEIP come out on April 1st, where you have a link to their website and registration at our show notes at cthorizon.org.
CareerTech Horizon is brought to you by CareerTech. Keep striving. There's a lot of work that goes into this program, time and dedication, a lot of practice with your students and fellow classmates, and also with patients. We get to do a lot of hands-on learning here. As students, we get to practice on each other, and clinicals, we get to practice on a patient. This program has really helped me prepare for the real world and grow as a person. I think that it's also helped me be successful in just my everyday life. Visit us at poweredbyokcareertech.com to learn more. Finally today, when it comes to real-world jobs, what are the in-demand skills students need? Probably no better way to find out than to ask industry in what are being called futuring panels. So what do you get when you bring together business management, finance, and marketing professionals? Everybody's in sales. Everybody is in sales. Well, what might sound like a setup for a joke was actually a chance to learn about the future of jobs in those sectors. The importance of business and education working together has never been more important. Business has a critical role to play in helping us on the education side define those skills that are critical to the workplace and critical to the students coming into those jobs. The importance of education and business partnerships is really all about economic and workforce development, especially in the way of career tech. So really, the more that educators and faculty work together, uh, it's really all about the jobs for Oklahoma businesses. Rick Mangini is with MBA Research and Curriculum Center and helped facilitate a three-day conversation with business leaders to learn more about their needs and the skills students need to meet them. We talked about what it takes to be that person who can uh, work from remote. Number one was get out of bed and get up out of your PJs, right? Jeff Anderson is with Salon Service Group. I think it's great, first of all, that they're doing this, that they're looking at real-world industry skill sets, right? Especially as often and as much as marketing is changing. What you know today may not be relevant tomorrow almost, right? I mean, the principles do, but in application. So again, there's more data than we often know what to do with. And as the workplace changes, so must student curriculum. So are you guys seeing that or hearing about that or... Holly Atha co-led the future panels and says bringing business and education together creates career pathways that benefits both. It's helpful because they have a chance to strengthen the future workforce pipeline, which is something that almost every person in business is talking to us about these days. It's helpful because having connections with business and industry is an important growth tool for students and teachers to be able to hear what's going on in business and industry and be able to make those connections about what they're learning and what kinds of things they may encounter in the workforce. And in a workplace that is constantly evolving, Steve Keim is a longtime communications professional. And uh, I remember a statement so long ago said, Steve, school is never out. And I've kind of applied that to my life as a business professional to learn as much as possible. School is never out. So as long as you're willing to participate, just really develop skills that you need to move forward. Which was a common theme across the three business sectors. Once again, 
Rick Mangini. The, those skills, those core business and economic skills and ethics skills cross every industry. They, they're in every industry and in every company. So uh, they give us a, a, a great feel for that. And uh, it's just uh, working with business people is a great perspective. And, you know, education and business need to work together. That's the only way we'll get it right. Joining me now is Kerry DeMuth, who heads up CareerTech's Business, Marketing, and Information Technology Division and the organizer of the Futuring Panels. Well, first off, Kerry, why did you decide to do this? Well, I realized, you know, that there is always a need for us to remain relevant with our program areas and what we are encouraging our instructors to teach, and especially so in the business administration, finance, and marketing programs, because there is you'll see that the entry-level positions may not be considered high-wage. However, the in-demand for those positions is really high for now and in the future as well. So there's a need for everyone to be educated about the importance of business skills in the Oklahoma workforce. And so in my position on the MBA Research Board, who is a nonprofit um, educational organization, I was able to see that the work that they were doing in other states, Oklahoma, by the way, is a member state, one of 27 member states in MBA research, and they had conducted these uh, similar featuring panels across the states and with really great results. And so I knew it was something that I wanted to bring to Oklahoma. And I, I saw that they've come out with a full report now. Yes, yes. And that's something, you know, that was a goal of, of doing these featuring panels was that we could take the results that, that we heard from industry representatives as well as the data that they go back and do research specifically for the Oklahoma workforce. And we're able to take that information now and utilize it as we move forward with our program planning. So I can see we're off to a pretty good start here. We've got these future panels going. So what's next for this program? Great question. So our intent now is we take this information. It was an 82-page report, and it's filled with things that these industry representatives had suggested to us, things that, that were trending across Oklahoma that they were seeing that were relevant for our business administration-type uh, programs, and the skills that are needed to, um, to work in these types of positions within their companies. And, and we're going to take that information and use it as we move forward in our planning for our programs. I'll give you an example. One of the areas, the top trend, as a matter of fact, that came back out of this report for Oklahoma was automation and artificial intelligence and, and how that relates to cybersecurity issues that companies are having as well. And so that, along with other things that, that they uh, brought up for us, are things that we're now taking back and we're, we're specifically looking at our core course that all of our students take. And we're trying to figure out what are we missing? What skills have we left out? What technology have we left out that's relevant, that needs to be in, in, these, in this course specifically? 
but then also what areas, what program areas are we lacking in Oklahoma that are relevant and that are needed and that our programs can, can pick up and utilize. And the artificial intelligence is an area we want to expand. And then another interesting area that they brought out was the customer experience management. And that's an area that's become highly popular and critical for company success right now because of the online interactions that are that are happening. And so how do you manage that entire customer experience that they have with your product or service all the way through from start to end? And so those are some of the things that we're specifically looking at. Things like Yelp reviews and, and things like that. Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. And, you know, I was there with you, Carrie, on those days. And something that I thought was interesting and really mutually beneficial is talking to the members of industry. They saw this as helping themselves. Absolutely. And it's, you know, that that's probably the most important outcome out of this is those connections that we've made with industry. There were over 42 CEO-level type uh, representatives that were that were there for these three days of Futuring Panels. And the things that they brought out and the connections that we made with them, I think that's going to be an ongoing relationship that we'll continue to nurture. And they've already, several of them, have volunteered to help us with our Business Professionals of America and DECA student organizations. They're volunteering as judges. And um, that, so I think there's just a lot of areas that we can continue to grow in and their input is critical to that growth. And one other thing I'd like to bring out too is the fact that one of the areas that they brought up as well is the need for data analytics and the use of data in making your decisions as as to what you're going to do and what you're going to what you're going to focus on. And we feel like that's an area that we can also um, work to to educate our instructors and help them figure out, okay, how do you take all this data, which there's a lot of it in this 82-page report, and so much of it is relevant to what they're doing, but how do you take all this information and pull that workforce data that's relevant to your specific area and make decisions about what you're going to teach and how you're going to teach it so that those students are then successful and get the jobs that they need to get when they finish your program? Yeah, well, certainly a good example of industry and education partnership. Carrie, thank you so much for stopping by the studio. Absolutely. Thank you. Now, before we end today's show, we want to hear from you. Where did you get your skills training and would you like more? You can let us know by posting and following us on Twitter at CT underscore Horizon or find us on Facebook. Just search for CT Horizon. And thank you all so very much for tuning in. If you like our show, consider leaving a rating or review on the app or website you're listening to us on. Also, share this episode with a friend or several friends. We'll see you all in our next episode. Speaking of... So what do you think of when I say making it work? Well, what comes to mind for me is having to make the best in a somewhat unideal situation. And when you really think about it, what in life is really that ideal? Next time on Career Tech Horizon, we meet some remarkable people making it work. Career Tech Horizon is a production of the Oklahoma Department of Career and Technology Education and is produced by me, Blaine Singletary. And I'm Rob McClendon. With additional help from Connie Romans. Thanks for listening. <laughs>